Welcome all of you here and give you a bit of a context to where we're at and what we're doing. Life presents itself with multiple challenges. And I think specifically where, where we're at in 2023, there's enormous amounts of just daily, day-to-day stuff that we deal with in a generation which is in such turbulent change. There's almost a wide global scare about mental health. Having the ability to be secure, productive, serene, confident, and just basic happiness in the moment are not as accessible perhaps as or cannot cannot be taken for granted. Mental health is a huge, huge, huge challenge. The, the, the rapid rate of technological change can become very overwhelming. And there's a lot of, I would say, currents of discontent socially that also um, become focal points of our attention, apart from environmental considerations and climate change. and so, so there's a sense of a lot of deep insecurities about our place in this world. We are, where are we trying to get to? What are we doing? Fundamentally, in this challenging time that we find ourselves living through, one wants to be equipped with a set of skills that are, that are going to allow us to thrive in the environment which may be threatening to our stability. And what I'd like to present to you is two different variations. One allowing us a resilience and adaptability to the situation and the other almost crashing us down into the inevitability of a roller coaster of an emotional life and a little, very little stability. And the two mindsets are generally called the growth mindset and the fixed mindset. The fixed mindset presupposes that when we approach life, inevitably we do have some level of expectation. We have, a, we have an assumption as to how things are going to manifest. What's going to happen? When I walk towards a bus stop, if the bus is scheduled to come, I have an assumption that the bus will come. When I meet a person who I know from many, uh, a friend, I can anticipate what the interaction will more or less be like. Those expectations and anticipations are part and parcel of the way they were able to process and navigate our, ourselves through life. And that's, that's great. The problem and it's a subtle problem, is when the expectation slips from just being an assumption and an, and an expectation to being a certainty. And the bus, not that the bus is probably going to come, but the bus will come. And the difference between those two subtle variations is, is if the bus will come, when it doesn't, there's something gone that something's gone wrong. There's a problem. And it's, 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 it's perturbing. When the bus is probably going to come, when it doesn't come, it's, yeah, okay, I mean, it wasn't definitely going to come. So there's room for adaptation. The one keeps us like 
shattered and the other one allows us to, to move on. Obviously, the bus coming and not coming isn't the biggest deal, but certainly other aspects of our life can range in severity to being really kind of overwhelming. When I go for the job interview and the expectation is, I'm going to get that job. So if it's a scene, probably, I'll probably get the job, you know, as opposed to the job's mine, when I get the rejection, if I was probably going to get the job, so then there's room for movement. If the job was mine, catastrophe. The fixed mindset crosses the boundary between assumption to certainty. And that's a very, very dangerous boundary to cross. It leaves us with very little resources to fight the ongoing trials of life. What we've tried to explore is well, what causes the expectation to be pushed into the level of certainty. Why would there need to be? And let's focus on, let's say, a situation of rejection, like a job interview. So why would I need to believe that that story is true that moves it from assumption to certainty? Well, if my sense of worth is based on achievement, talent, productivity, being valued by others, I would need to have the feedback from an external source to give me validation. And therefore it may push the assumption to the level of certainty is the drive for external validation. When I get the job, I'm okay. If I don't get the job, I'm worthless. If I'm worthless, my life's not worth living. That's a scary thought. The fear pushes the assumption to certainty. And once it's pushed it to certainty, it's also made a perception of who I am. I am the person who needs validation from without. And since I'm that person, when that validation doesn't come, the person is crushed. And it leaves very little room for change and growth. The growth mindset allows the possibility for change in my assumption. I may get the job, I may not. If I do get the job, that's amazing. If I don't get the job, instead of feeling crushed, I feel curious. I wonder why I didn't get that job. What did I do wrong? I go and I speak to the people who interviewed me and ask for insight. So I'll do it better next time. I have a belief that I can change. The foundation pillars of those two mindsets are radically different. The fixed mindset that drives the assumption to the world of certainty is based on the notion that I have no internal, intrinsic worth. My worth is accumulated from external sources. And therefore I'm in constant pursuit of gaining external worth through the validation of the stories that I need to tell myself. Needless to say, since reality doesn't collaborate with the fiction of my mind, it's a miserable life to live, filled with constant and ongoing disappointment and frustration. On the other hand, the growth mindset is based on the notion that my worth is intrinsic, and that by succeeding or failing, I don't become more, worth more or worth less. In the world of intrinsic worth, I'm open to the experience of learning. In the world of intrinsic worth, I can have the resilience to bounce back from a failure. Because it didn't make me worthless. What does it make me? It makes me curious.
in the world of internal worth, intrinsic worth, I am open to change because I don't freeze the person I am always concerned about what others are saying. So those are two very different ways and ways of being. In a world where we are feeling so threatened and so, so under siege in many ways, to have that power of a liberating force within us, that we recognize that failure and success in a certain way are equivalent. They are both invitations to learn more about myself, to do better. Failure tells me where I'm falling short and success demonstrates where my talents are. Compliments empower me with knowledge of self. Criticisms, criticisms give me insight into who I am. In the world of the growth mindset, my life is a flourishing, developing, vital, enjoyable and changing entity. Of course, not every rejection is going to be met with only curiosity. It carries with it incredible pain. But the pain is the pain of propulsion. It's going to help me move forward, not the one of despair and wallowing. So those two mindsets are essentially competing to dominate the perspective of how we view life. And I'm always vigilant to make sure that I haven't slipped into the trap of living in the story in my head. And rather being in tune with constant openness, a porous boundary between me and the world and the influences that it can give me and I can give it. The question is though, how does one cultivate an identity which is fashioned on internal and intrinsic worth? A whole process, a whole form of processing of reality is so externally orientated. Our senses are channels of assimilating information from without. And those inputs, visual, auditory, olfactory, taste, touch, those inputs are processed by our brain. So it's almost by default I live in, in a world that's external. I'm always trying to process the world through external observation. And now I'm trying to redirect and process things from a different place and see my identity as being intrinsic and being from within. And that's, that's a challenge. That's a real challenge. How do I do that? How do I do that? Perhaps one of the best ways of starting this journey of cultivating a sense of, I would call it, transcendent self that's not dependent on things that I've done or things that I am but the fact that I am in itself has value perhaps begins with a different approach to the function of our, our thinking if we contrast a state of existence whereby experience doesn't go through the filtration system of the brain processes. Experience isn't categorized, it isn't sequenced in time, it isn't processed and then um, 
relocated to previous memories. Rather, experience is, is whatever it is in the moment. The ultimate being in the present moment. The ultimate experiencing this moment for whatever it is without a judgment, an association, an anticipated gain. Simply being here, right now, right here. Often referred to as mindfulness. When we live in the world of having the capacity to be mindful, we relinquish the need to create a sequential story and then project it forward. We relate to a part of ourselves which is simply the capacity to experience, to be in that blissful state of serene calm as we experience the beauty of any moment. And every mere moment is, in a certain way, deeply beautiful. Even melancholy moments have their own kind of beauty. When we do that, it gives us a sense of a different kind of self. A kind of self that can't be quantified, measured, valued. It gives us a sense that there's something about me and about the world that just is. And when I become rooted and anchored in that as a part of my being, I also become empowered to when I do engage with the analytic processes of categorization, production, achievement-driven things in my life, I recognize that they're coming off a bedrock of stability and security. I feel connected. If I don't have this capacity to simply be in the moment, so where am I when I'm here? Well, I mean, the thoughts of how this is going to work for me and what this is going to do for me and what this meant and what this will be and categorizing and quantifying and qualifying. So where am I? But am I, am I here? If I'd make eye contact, would my eyes tell me the presence of being? Would they be distracted by the thoughts that are rushing around in my mind? In a certain way, those current of thoughts can become the greatest barrier to the experience of the moment. And even though the human intellect is so sophisticated and so powerful, but it has an end point. A scary thought that we can think about to ourselves is as AI advances, the question of who I am I becomes more and more compelling. Because the AI that I can write to and get the answers, the AI that has way more information in its head than I have in mine, is a way better thinker than me. So if my contribution to the world is my thinking process, in a little bit of time there'll be an algorithm that can replace me. And then the question will be, well, so what is my contribution to the world? And for many people, that question can be a question that can stump them. Um, I don't know, maybe I'm the one that switches on the AI. But who am I? I can't be the, well, I could be the thinker, but then my, my value is going to be downgraded when the algorithm 
becomes way cleverer in every area than I am. So what am I contributing to the world? And what are we contributing towards one another? And then you start to see emerging from the contrast of AI supplied information the very essence of humanity of connection of compassion of depth of all the things that can't be put into algorithms and then I start to recognize that the fundamental sense of who I am is the transcendent that which is beyond even the spoken tongue and then I realize that the wealth of being the abundance of self is beyond comprehension and it gives a context to skills and talents as being simple tools that I may use and they can get better and worse but that's not who I am sure I've got a job to do I have to figure out how to do it and failures are where of me sharpening my tools and successes are where of me revealing my tools but ultimately my goal in life or my value in life is not determined by success and failure. My value in life is. I have that. I am human. I am transcendent. I am beyond the mere accumulation of measurable metrics. And that can be extremely empowering. It can give me a solidity and a foundation that can weather the complexities, challenges, hardships of life. Because it's okay. It's okay. It's actually okay. And that's the underlying point of the growth mindset. But how do we, how do we inculcate that? Practically speaking, good. We've got the growth mindset. But how do we make it work for us? I'm going to give you a list of four skills to assist you in the implementation of the growth mindset. Practical skills. Number one. When you see your story collapsing, because we do very easily fall into the trap of the fixed mindset and cross the boundary from assumption and expectation to fact. When that fact, which I thought was a fact, collapses, what do I do? It creates frustration, disappointment. How do I, how do I hold those negative emotions in a product, productive way? Step number one. When the story collapses... You get that rejection from the job interview. You suddenly at, at you're, in an, you're going to an important meeting and there's a traffic jam. A person that you trusted betrays your trust. You are expecting a test result and it came back as a failure. In all those situations, what I do, step number one, I want to regain a connection to my essential self. Start breathing. Start breathing. Remember that your breathing, if you don't harness it, is controlled by your subconscious. When you harness it, you can gain access to controlling your own state of being. Start breathing. There's a whole variety of different breaths that you can do. Two breaths which are very powerful. One is called the box breath. You breathe in, one, two, three, four, hold, one, two, three, four, out, one, two, three, four, hold, one, two, three, four, in, one, two, three, four, hold, one, two, three, four, out, 
one, two, three, four. Hold, one, two, three, four. And you have your box. Calming. Another breath, very powerful breath. Two fingers on forehead, finger on nostril. Breathe in. Hold. Breathe out. Breathe in. Hold. Breathe out. Slow it down. Slow it down. Get back in touch with the moment. Don't get swept away by the feelings, the worries, the anxieties. Breathe into the moment. Lean into the moment. Step number one is mindfulness. Step number two is called inner dialogue. Inner dialogue. Start a conversation with yourself. As your story collapses, that important result that you want came back negative. Ask yourself, how do I feel? Or better, how do you feel? Oh, I feel frustrated, scared, anxious. I get that. In that internal dialogue, there's going to be two characters. The first is the internal self. The deep, calm presence of being. The wise, foresighted teacher and mentor engages with the tumultuous trials and tribulations of the student that wants to learn but is so easily pulled aside and distracted and emotionally overcome. And the calm self, the mentor, the guide says to the student, how are you doing? With compassion, care, concern, connectivity. How are you doing? I can't believe it. I can't believe it happened. I just don't know what to do. I can hear. I can hear that you. This is really. This is really panicking you. Uh, wouldn't you be panicked? I mean, I just don't know what's going to happen. Yes. Or what you think could happen. And as you say those words, maybe that panicking self just takes a bit of a pause. It says, well, well, this could happen. That could happen. You say, yes. What happens is when you're able to address the tumultuous emotions from a place of being from within to outside, you already have anchored yourself in a deeper sense of self. And you've already created a little bit of distance from being flooded by the emotions of the moment. So you've got the fixed mindset, the story that you thought was a reality collapses. You want to regain control and move back into the growth mindset. How do you do it? Step number one, breathe. Calm yourself down. Calm yourself down. This breathing technique, the box breath, alternative nostril breathing, other kinds of breathing. There's another great kind of breathing. It's called the physiological sigh. You breathe in, and then you do a little breath of breath. As you've reached almost capacity, you do another little breath in. <sighs> Long out breath. Very effective throughout the natural world. That's what people do to calm down. Calming. Once you've calmed the system down a little bit, then you can start a discussion. You can speak to the part that's distraught, that's angry, that's disappointed, that's upset. Say, hi. Reach out to that part of yourself and engage in the internal dialogue. Any way we're talking to ourselves. Most people have got a discussion going on in their heads all the time. Unfortunately, the discussion has been hijacked by, for very many people, an inner critic. 
He's always talking to you, saying to you, oh, why did you mess up there? Do you know what they're thinking about you? You're a real idiot. Look, you did it again. You're so fat, you're so ugly, you're so unacceptable. Always in your mind. So if already there's an internal dialogue, let's, let's, let's kind of take over the reins. And let's speak to the parts from a place of presence and knowledge and power. Breathing, mindfulness, internal dialogue. Then the learning process begins. Well, what am I going to do? What am I going to do with the lesson that I've just learned? It's called conceptualization. From what occurred to me, let me extract a lesson. Something that can help me in the future. When I get rejected from the job, say to myself, I wonder what happened? Well, I spoke to the people in HR and they said to me that I, they didn't like the way I dressed. I turned up like they felt I was unkempt. Okay, that's important to note. Um, they say that my resume was, was missing a few crucial details. Hmm, I bear that in mind. And they said just in terms of the way they felt my energy, it was very, very low. Wow, okay, that's amazing. Those are three things I can learn. So let me, let me just think about those three things. You know, actually, that's interesting about me being unkempt. Um, I often realize that I'm totally unaware of, of, of what I look like. You know, I, I'm not the kind of person that actually looks in the mirror. Wow. You know, that, that could be an important thing to like, try to incorporate. Brilliant. In lesson. Being conscious of my external appearance. Next one. Uh, it looks like I missed things in my resume. You know, I do actually sometimes have this issue where I'm, I'm careless with details. I've noticed that. Be more careful with details. Wow, this is amazing. Um, and the confidence thing, it's that inner critic. Like I walk into the room and I'm about to go for the interview and there's this voice that's saying, you're not going to get the job, you're not going to get the job, you're useless, I don't want you. Whoa, this is huge. I'm going to be working on that a lot. And that one rejection, instead of becoming a blemish and a source of anguish becomes a place pregnant with growth which will give birth to a different person as I become shifted in my attention. And the way that that conceptualization grows is through the power of questioning. Asking myself questions. What can I learn from that? Who would I ask about this idea? The who, where, how, what, when questions. Just ask them and you'll be delivered with incredible amounts of solid information when you do that. So really, you've got the growth mindset, but it's not easy to maintain. So often we, by default, are trapped in the fixed mindset. And we know we are because it's going to collide with something. When that collision happens, what do you do? Number one, breathe. Number two, internal dialogue. Mindfulness, internal dialogue. That's called mind log. Mind log it. Then conceptualize the lessons learned by asking questions. That's called conceptualization questioning. Mind log conquest. Mind log conquest are the four skills that will allow you to radically transform your life from a place of constant stress and anguish, anguish to a place of diverse, of course, emotions, of course, but growth giving birth to new selves almost every day. And I feel that's, that's such a powerful and helpful lesson to share with you.